are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Man, this is the weirdest Shakespeare adaptation I've ever seen. King Richard III, it's really, really different than what I was expecting. <laughs> if you've not watched a lot of Shakespeare adaptations, this is weird to you. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet with the guns. Coriolanus with Gerard Butler, where it's like a modern Coriolan. war film. You're like, oh what my was gosh. that? <laughs> I never saw Anonymous, though. I heard Anonymous is really good, and no, that's really Shakespeare. Oh, hell, I couldn't even sit through Anonymous. It's also not adapted from Shakespeare. Shakespeare-esque? It's Roland Emmerich's fan fiction of Shakespeare. Roland Emmerich <laughs> thinking he's a director. Oh, Roland Emmerich. The guy who's made maybe two good movies and nothing else. No, he's <laughs> never made a good movie in his entire life. Midway is perfectly fine. Not a great oh, movie, it's perfectly no. fine. Anyway, sorry, we are not talking about Shakespeare or Roland Emmerich in this movie. And and for everyone in the comments that don't think that Roland Emmerich and Shakespeare somehow coincide, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is King Richard. This is the newest Will Smith vehicle, <laughs> interestingly enough. And, I mean, when I say that, it's also that he's the main producer on this, which... My goodness, he got paid $40 million to be in this movie. Everybody is a producer on this. Like, v- the Williams sisters, Jada Pinkett's a producer on this movie. Is anybody here on this call a producer on this movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's a biopic. Everybody wants to put their name on the producer role so that they can do more biopics. It is a big deal because it is the story loosely about Venus and Cerulea Williams, but mostly about their dad, Richard Williams. And don't worry, they make you sure that you remember, because the first 20 minutes of this movie, they say their names about 400 times. <laughs> Just in the 20 minutes? Like, seriously, like, any time they talk to Venus and Serena, it's always, you are Venus Williams. You are Serena Williams. <laughs> Pronouns do not exist in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, but... We're going to talk about this movie. It's going to be interesting to see where we fall on this film. Because like, over here, we got Frank. Hello. How's it going? I don't know if I'd rather be watching Shakespeare than this. Depends on the set type of Shakespeare <laughs> we're, we're talking about. But hey, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Also, we got over here, Sarah. Hello. This movie is a movie. It is a thing that was filmed on a camera and then put onto a theater. I spent all day and all morning in bed with Will Smith. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> not for the reasons you think people <laughs> jada pickett spitz gonna be mad at you over here who we haven't seen in a very long time is alan hello it's been a while yeah i, I i'm gonna hold my opinion on this to say whether i should apologize for getting you on this review or not so. <laughs> oh don't worry i'll say this there, i've watched way worse screener squad stuff way worse dead ants is the one that always comes to mind dead ants with tom arnold oh i think i almost quit after that movie <laughs> I can't do any more of these, man. That sounds like some shutter fare. So I'm going to give a general gist of what the plot is, which, I mean, we kind of already said it's the story about Venus and Serena Williams, mostly through the perspective of their father, Richard, which he is an interesting figure. So it, it takes place in the early 90s where Richard is holding down a job as a security officer, his wife's working as a nurse, well, second wife at this point, and he's got five girls that he's trying to raise, but two of them in particular are the tennis prodigies Venus and Serena. <laughs> 
And he's just managing the crap out of them. He's trying to promote them across town. He's training them at the local Compton tennis court. But at some point, they get in contact with some notable tennis coaches. And it's just part of the whole thing of just trying to get them to the point where they feel ready to compete with the big leagues. But unfortunately, one of the biggest roadblocks in their pro- in their path is Richard himself. Because he's difficult, to say in the least. Difficult? But, like, this movie... I don't want to say it doesn't know how to paint him, but as an audience member, you're not quite sure how to paint him because he's incredibly difficult, but you could tell it's from a place that he cares. Like, he sees that they're tennis prodigies. He sees that they're incredibly good at what they do. But you see how overbearing it is, but then you also Mm -hmm. see where he is in the city that he's in and what it's like if you don't have parents that actually care about their kids, how easily they can fall into gangs and stuff that's going on when you don't have like proper parental figures around because while they're training and doing their tennis stuff there are literally just examples like right down the road you know messing around with them you get where he's going at but at the end of the day if you look at it from the kids they never hate him that kind of like the movie doesn't write him off as a tyrant yeah if that it wasn't your your parental experience you probably i'm sure some people thought would be like fuck that father but i (laughs) I'm sure. No, I'm sure. That, I'm sure there are going to be people like that. Hundred oh, percent. I sort of felt like the sort of like protection aspect coming from him that he was going to do everything he could in his power to make sure that all his kids got to the to be the best of you know whatever their potential would allow them to be. He wanted to necessarily be there for him because something that always happens in these kinds of movies they go the entire hour. He's a total asshole. Turns out he's actually a really nice guy. No, they do it very very early on where the first time one of the gangbangers is trying to hit on one of his daughters. And he goes and tries to defend and gets his ass kicked. And he goes like, hey, you know, I'm always, no matter what, I, I, I'll take the hits. I will be there for you. Like, he says that almost immediately. So throughout the movie, it's like, you get it. It's like, yes, this guy, he is up his own ass. Like, he has an ego problem. But he also cares. So it's like this 50% of he has an ego problem that he cannot satiate. He needs to be right all the time and no one can tell him that he's wrong. But he also does want his daughters to be something. It's just he planned their entire lives out. But he also wants them to enjoy it themselves. Because he always says, have fun. But they are never kids. Even though he says, you guys be kids. They're never regular kids. He plays a good balance, though. Yeah, and that's part of the problem when you say with pacing of the character, I would say, in this film. Because they're trying to find the balance of being honest about the fact that he is an overbearing stage parent, essentially. But also that it's Will Smith. And Will Smith almost never wants to portray himself as being ugly or a bad person at heart kind of thing. Here's the thing. The movie, to me, is sanitized. I mean, the family approved it. They're all producers. So they're not going to paint this guy as possibly the ogre that he was. And he's still alive, too, so, yeah. I just don't get why this movie was even made, unless it's a vehicle for Will to get an Oscar. Because I don't care about him. I want to see the girls and their journey. The film was much better when they started to focus off of him and tried to focus a little bit more on the girls. So I kind of agree. I kind of agree with you in that. Cause one of the things that, I mean, I think everyone knows that I hate Ryan Murphy with a passion, like any good gay boy would. No, I've never heard that before. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've been like, sort of like going off on that impe- impeachment series because Monica Lewinsky is a producer. And I kind of have that same sort of thing here is whenever one of the subjects of, of a project is a producer. I mean, you just, you just thrown your bias out the window. There's no objectivity here. Having watched Impeachment, I could say otherwise because it didn't really flatter Monica Lewinsky. It's automatic. 
it's automatic. If one of the subjects has a voice in telling that story, you're throwing, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, it's sort of tainted in a way. And I kind of felt that with this. Most biopics do have at least some version of the family being involved in there. They'd be very, unless it's like you're telling something from like, you know, the ancient past, you're always going to have that situation end up happening. But much like, again, the impeachment and People versus OJ, which is fantastic, there's news footage. They even show like in the movie, it's like, yeah, you know what? Like he might, like we're assuming he's going to be this, this ogre, much like the neighbor across the street that just assumes he's abusing yeah. the children but it's like we see like there's news footage of how they talked about it they actually kind of do about especially like near the you know 45 hour mark because this movie feels like i watched it for four 40, days. 45 hour, <laughs> 45 hour. <laughs> it sure felt like 45 hours watching this movie i felt like i was watching a season you brought up ryan murphy i feel like i was watching a season of yeah. one of the shows yeah because the pacing it just it didn't have the three-act structure that i expect from a biopic like the rise the fall and the rise again. it's not really cinematic in that way and also i don't know about anybody else tennis is not all that exciting to watch i guess uh, no i love tennis but this was filmed Terribly. <laughs> I don't know if the the DP or the director has ever seen a, a tennis match, but they yeah. just kept the camera like behind each of the competitors. I don't know. It just felt really like claustrophobic, and you know, you missed the action going back and forth. The only time you saw that there was any action back and forth was when they it reminded me of a cartoon. They were showing the audience whose head was going back and forth. Yeah, I saw some more audience head. Yeah, they, it was. It was awful. I was like, what? Tennis is up there with golf. It's one of the most boring sports to watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just fucking play ping pong. It's just an extended version of it. Like, <laughs> let's watch Balls of Fury again. <laughs> I, I grew up watching tennis because my grandmother and my step-grandfather loved watching tennis and golf, which, you know, that's them. They're older. But uh, that's part of the problem, I will say, too, that the director here is Ronaldo Marcus Green, who before this did a film that I actually kind of like quite a bit, Monsters and Men. But that the thing with that film is that that was told as an anthology, which is essentially three right. short films about one central subject. And I feel like he wasn't exactly up to the task of a giant sprawling biopic because I'm not sure if he felt that the script was so precious that he couldn't cut anything out of this because, my goodness, this movie is so freaking long. It's two and a half hours. It's way long. And I generally like longer form media. Like, guess my favorite movies are almost three hours long. Sure. But this is one of those things where it should have been an hour and a half. Like, you could cut an hour out of this movie and you probably still would have got everything that you need because there's emotional beats near the end that, that hit me. There are moments where I really enjoyed. There are moments where... Man, I feel so bad for John Bernthal in every movie he's in. <laughs> John Bernthal playing Ned Flanders in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> John Bernthal playing John Bernthal in every movie. That accent was a choice. That accent was a choice, and it was an annoying choice. And for that reason alone, I do not feel sorry for See, him. See, I would say that he was one of the things I liked the most in this movie. Yeah, because same. the first hour and a half before he enters into the film was kind of... Just kind of, huh? you know, where it's just a little slow, a little dry. But he added a bit of pep into the film where he's just like, hey, everybody, I'm a tennis coach. Woo, ah, ah, kind of stuff like that. It's a very different performance from his usual rep uh, repertoire. I cannot stand the shorts that everyone was wearing. Those are tennis shorts. I know, but I feel like I was just watching the, the Top Gun volleyball scene the entire fucking <laughs> If only. I'm like, just wear longer shorts, goddamn. Everyone's in their underwear. <laughs> Basketball shorts used to be that short. Used to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but it's just the way tennis is. As in the time and place this movie is set. Yeah, it, I mean, that's the thing is that a lot of the details in this film are pretty accurate. You know, they got the yeah. right set dressing, they got the right costume choices. I mean, freaking, they pretty much pulled out every shirt and thing that Richard William, Williams has ever worn as a coach. They pretty much featured them all. Yeah, they film. got the outfit really well done. <laughs> like, when yeah. you see the footage of the movie, you're like, wow, they really nailed it. Oh, yeah. No, they clearly did their research for a lot of stuff in this film. You know, we've been talking a lot about other stuff. 
we have to talk about Will Smith now. So, Will Smith, let's just say this. He clearly researched the part. He's trying to get the physicality of the performance down. Yeah. And he's not doing a bad job, but it's just hard to not see Will Smith in the role, you know? He's definitely pursuit of happiness, Will Smith. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. At least he's growing a little bit more, mostly because... I don't. Did they put something in his mouth? Because this entire time he looked like a chipmunk, in, like right before the winter. <laughs> I actually didn't find him as blowing as Will Smithy as uh, as Pursuit of Happiness. That just movie just didn't do it for me. It, it, it was so hollow. It just washed all over me. I don't know. I, I felt like this one was a little bit more. I could felt more of an effort here than I usually mm-hmm. think he gives. I think you know he's someone who. I mean, just, he rests on his laurels whenever he can. I felt him actually maybe caring a little bit more this time around. His accent kept going in and out though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think that's a strong suit. I mean, we all saw concussion. Yeah, yeah. tell the truth. <laughs> this is my least yeah. favorite thing in the movie. I think all the other actors ran rings around him, honestly. He felt out of place to me. He was fine, but there was a lot of really good performances around mm-hmm. him. Like we said, Anjanu Ellis as his wife there, Brandy. She was pretty good for the few scenes they gave oh, her to. She was great. She was terrific. Oh. I mean, she's probably the best thing about the movie. I had I had I had thought about writing her off until not writing her off but thinking okay this is gonna be like another like sports mom wife type role yeah. until she the moment when she went up and confronted that neighbor across the street that's when she oh, really yeah. turned for me and thought oh, this is a character that that's really gonna be worth watching and then she just kept on building after that they didn't give her a lot to no do. After, from that point on I think she had more agency and more presence and more influence at least for my money I guess you said he was married before he's been married three times okay yeah. but I didn't get that because it didn't address any of it except for she was in one sentence she said and i have your kids showing up here your son or whatever and i thought oh he's having all these affairs and he has other children no they danced around a lot of his darker elements that's so, but it's know, also focus on this guy you need to talk about everything it's not this movie yes, it it's not this movie it, it, it <laughs> is and it isn't okay it's it, it balances 50 percent it's it's trying to focus on Richard Williams in this point in time when he's uh, focusing on his daughters. So it's doing a mix of both. That's why I say the whole fifty percent because fifty percent his own ego. Because you start to see like this guy isn't a saint, but he's also not a tyrant. But then you see how he's also making sure and focusing on on the kids, and you're seeing how they're kind of growing up with all this pressure and able to kind of really fluidly move from one point to another. But you're just kind of seeing how this guy is incredibly overbearing. Like that's what they want to focus on. They want to focus on the overbearingness, less on the flaws of the individual because. If that was the case, they would have. They wouldn't have even brought up the kids. They would have focused on him as a man, but they weren't. They're were focusing on his overbearing. They should have focused on him and not them. They should have been because they tried to, you know, like the back half of the movie. They did uh, push them more forward, and then it wasn't about him as much. And it was a better movie, so I would have rather have watched that, or it would have been more compelling if they would have just focused on him. And his journey, he could have mentioned them. I think that that's what you mean, though, because I don't think it would have made it a better movie or a worse movie if we had if we had to if we had to explore that. It would have just made it a longer movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is like doing a documentary on Beyonce's dad. Like, let, let's take this to a singer. It's like doing a, a documentary on Beyonce's dad, who was very similar in this kind of case where he was pushing her as hard as he possibly could to make her the singer that she was. If you're doing that movie, it's like they did a balance. Like, you could easily cut 45 minutes out of this movie, mostly at the beginning, and still get the same kind of movie. But they want to focus not necessarily on the man his entire life, because this isn't straight out of Compton from nothing to something, because then we would have saw all him when he was younger and growing up. They want to focus on this particular, like, four-year period. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But, I mean, winding down with a few key thoughts here is that the most that I thought about this movie is that it's not even really good or bad. It's just kind of 
there. Yeah, it is just there. You know, yeah. like, I watched it, I, I got a few laughs, I, there were some nice emotional moments, some decent acting. I just kept waiting for that moment where everyone's been trying to say this is a big Oscar contender film, and I didn't quite see that for most of it. Like, especially, I have to say that for a movie that apparently was on the blacklist for the best unproduced screenplays of Hollywood at the time... Well, not best, not best, most liked. It's it's the most, okay, most liked. liked. Yeah. I thought that the script was actually pretty... Throughout most of it's this. It's pretty average. Yeah, it's moments. And they kept doing that thing I hate in these kind of movies where it's like, you know, Venus, you're going to be a big star someday. You know, Serena, you're going to be one of the greatest tennis players in the world someday. And they wink, kept doing wink. that. Like, I mean, he did literally have a plan where he wrote that down. Well, sure, but it, it kept hammering it home again and again and again. It's like, yes, we know they're famous. But let, Thank but look, you. let's be real here. Who, like, yes, you recognize the name, but who actually gives a flying fuck about tennis? Like, seriously, <laughs> who actually cares? This isn't like, again, I brought up Beyonce. You know who Beyonce is. Even if you don't listen to her music, you know she exists because she's one of the biggest stars in the world. Like, and yes, when it comes to sports, sure. But most people aren't that interested in sports, so it's like, you kind of have to hammer that in so people remember who you're talking about. You say that tennis is still very popular in quite a few places. I know it's very popular, but who cares? <laughs> Nobody on this call, but the world is bigger than this call, Alan. So I know the world's bigger than this call, but like maybe one other golf player besides Tiger Woods. I, I can't because I'm on this call. Oh, that's not true. I like golf. Yeah, but golf is also really big too outside this call. But maybe another one besides Tiger Woods. Yeah, it's weird because it's even more weird, I should say, because he wrote this plan up. Like we are going to have two more children, and they are going to be big in tennis. Because he says to the wife. Or he said, I wrote this plan down that my two, my next two kids are going to be huge tennis stars. And then he turned to the wife and said, we have to have two more kids. So that's why it's even weirder that he picked the sport before they even were born or even thought of. That's weird. Now, so why don't we start winding down then with final thoughts. I'll just go ahead and get started here is that. It's weird. I was actually kind of looking forward to this film. I mean, honestly, we didn't have anyone fully set other than Frank and Sarah to watch this movie before. I just jumped in and said, hey, can I review this? Because <laughs> I, I heard a lot of good stuff about this. I only jumped on it because nobody else did. And I thought, well, this is That's gonna be... exactly why I jumped on it. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a text yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I jumped on it and then I said, hey, Alan, I heard you want to do a review. <laughs> But, sure. <laughs> you know, I, I went in with at least some optimism about this film, and the more I watched it with my wife, we were just kind of like, eh, it's fine. It's okay. I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was just a decent sports drama with some good acting here and there. Uh, it was fun watching John Bernthal play Ned Flanders as a tennis coach. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that mustache. It's so oh glorious. God, so bad. I mean, that's a real person. And he didn't, you know, yeah. pick that stuff out of the blue. Oh, I know. That's what makes it even funnier. <laughs> that's a real that moppy, that moppy hair. I was like, oh, God. What are you doing, man? Get off the screen. That's the thing where you say, who cares about tennis? It was nice to actually see some re references to actual famous tennis stars in there, like Pete Sampras, McEnroe was there for <laughs> a very censored McEnroe because he didn't say the F word once when you knew for a fact he was a hardcore swearer on the court. <laughs> but yeah, it was just okay. It was fine. I, I didn't hate it, but I kind of hope that there's something better out there. And you know, for all the hype that people are saying, oh, Will Smith should be nominated for an Oscar. He's the leading contender. I've been watching a film today that already tells me, nah, some other people deserve it way better than him. And you'll hear that review <laughs> later, people. It's going to come out yeah. the same time this one does. So I'm going to give this 6.5 out of 10 
jump scare drive-by shootings. Oh, okay. I was not expecting that when that happened. Well, that's something that could be taken out. Yeah, that was kind of pointless, honestly. I don't know why they kept focusing on that part. I heard about this movie, but I didn't know anything about it. I just do Will Smith, King Richard. I'm like, I have no idea what to expect. And then I sat down. I'm like, Williams, why does that sound familiar? Oh, it's about the two tennis stars that I only know their names because of... I don't even know why I know their names. I just heard it's it Because randomly. Serena's in a bunch of Wonder Woman ads lately. There you go. Probably. Yeah. I like Biofix. I think they're, they're comfort food. They're, you kind of know the formula. You kind of know what you're going to get. And it's always fun to see people strive through adversity and get to where they want to get to and change the world. Because a lot of these people, you know, even if I don't know who the hell they are, they have changed the world in, in some way. And watching this, I was like, I found myself kind of not necessarily nodding off, but I found myself losing focus mm-hmm. because of the fact that it just felt like I didn't really know where it was going. I didn't know what the three-act structure was going to be, so it felt like it kind of meandered on like a television show that just didn't really know when to end. But every now and then, there'd be moments that I would enjoy, and I was finding myself like actually really enjoying Will Smith's portrayal because he was kind of doing the same Will Smith stuff, but I could tell he was very much like, this is the first time I've seen him play somebody that you kind of don't like. Like, you understand and you see where he's coming from, but you also kind of don't like him. But then when you see how other people see him, you're like, no, 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 the camera's focused on him. We know his heart, at least most of it. So when people are like, you're too hard on the kids, like, no, he wants them to make sure that they're not going to be on the streets because that's a reality for him. And he may- and immediately you get told his reality. But then you see how he treats everybody else. You're like, I, I get it, but also, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're almost there, but he's also right and it's kind of weird because I don't know how right he was in the real world. That's the whole thing of like Doc Brady. Like, how right was he? Because it seems like he fucked up a lot of opportunities. Yeah. But it worked out <laughs> in the end. Especially when John Berthal comes in. And I'm like, man, that guy's the nicest guy in the world. Because I don't know how the hell he put up with that dude. <laughs> I always have this thing where it's like, if you think the movie is too long, you don't actually like the movie. That's always been my philosophy mm-hmm. is a movie's as long as it needs to be. And this one is too long because of the fact that I didn't like it as much as I should have. Something I straight out of Compton, I loved. I watched it three times. I would not cut a second out. This, I would cut at least 40 minutes out because it just felt like I was losing focus on what the movie wanted to do. But I still found myself enjoying everything that the movie was giving me. I just wish that, not necessarily there was more, it was just edited better. So the best way to sum it up, this is 6 out of 10 Don Bernthal just face palming. <laughs> Throughout the whole movie. <laughs> There's a lot of that in the second he half. He just face palms the whole time. It's like he's trying to... He almost jumped Bernthal's a couple of times where he's like, yeah, okay, huh? And he's, you think he's about to jump Bernthal, then he doesn't. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember who told me this because it's a really great quote. If you succeed at something, write a book. If you fail at something, make it into a movie. Because <laughs> it's much more interesting to watch. <laughs> That's fair. That probably should have happened in this instance. This is not a really cinematic movie. It, it does sort of like stumble more than it you know like walks a straight line it's 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 not totally boring but it's not as lively as it could be i think all you've got here really are just characters and performances and i will say i'm getting so increasingly tired of uh, characters being worthwhile if they're considered likable i think likability is such a beauty pageant way to read characters and people especially mm-hmm. when in the real world we're all really gray everybody's like living in various shades of gray i like will smith's performance in here i do i, I think i like it mostly because he allowed himself to be this sort of gray character he doesn't really fall into the black and white you know good bad good guy bad guy sort of mold for someone who has had, who's had the career he has he has had i really appreciate that I don't think this is a spectacular performance, but I think it's one that works more than it doesn't. I really think Ingenue Ellis 
is uh, the swim secret weapon. I don't like tennis as a sport. I don't find it that interesting to watch. I don't. <laughs> Thank you. I find, like I said, I'll watch Miracle any day because that movie makes me tear up. I love A League of Their Own. But yeah, this just wasn't for me. I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 Will Smith legs because like his legs are just, those are, those are some gams, man. Like I could watch those like all day. I, Alan, I know you didn't like the shorts, but I was all about him in those shorts. I'm so sorry. But... <laughs> Yeah. You, you get what you want out of this movie, man. That's all you Seven do. out of ten. Will Smith legs. There you go. <laughs> Seven legs. I did not really like this movie. It's not a good biopic for me. It's not a good sports movie. I think the tennis, and I grew up watching tennis. I don't watch it so much anymore, but, you know, I, I like a good tennis match. And the tennis matches here were just shot really poorly. There was like no tension, no, anyway, I, did, I didn't like it. Did you ever once feel like there was any form of like conflict or suspense? No. It felt like it was pretty <laughs> obvious where everything was going. I mean, I guess maybe they figure you already know the result because it's a match that actually happened when she was playing Arantxa Sancha, Vicario. Yep. But, you know, I think most people probably don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Or fucking know. Anjou <laughs> Ellis was amazing, and I think she is the best actor out of this thing. She doesn't have a lot of scenes, uh, unfortunately. I think she should have had more. But even the girls are great. And they're all stronger actors than Will Smith is in this picture. I'll just say that. I'm not going to, you know. I've already said what I said about him. I don't think he's great. His accent went away. I mean, I don't think he's great here. Sorry. You know, (laughs) he is what he is. He's a he's a movie star to me. He's not really an actor, if that makes any kind of sense. No, that make that makes sense. So it's like Tom Cruise, you know. Well, it's better than Wild Wild West, at least. <laughs> that's that's a low. Bar. That's a very low bar to clear. To be fair. <laughs> so it's just not good all the way around. Alan kind of stole my John Barenthal thing, but I'm still going to go with it because you know. So I'm only giving this five John Barenthal's tiny shorts out of ten. John oh, Bernthal just being like to Joe Pesci in Home Alone, just constantly about to break oh, character. I'm <laughs> happy he was on the screen. I, you know, I would take him. Oh, know. for more than five yeah. minutes? Yeah. <laughs> yes! That's the weird thing where John Bernthal's had a thing lately where he'll only be like that dude who shows up for one scene in a movie. And yeah. I was yeah, kind of glad he got yeah, at least yeah. 30 minutes of screen what time. Was the, he was in another biopic. He was in Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing in the trailer yeah. going, yeah, he's there. Yeah. Shows up going, here's the main character. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can I give a shout out to Tony Goldwyn? I love that guy. I love Tony Goldwyn. Oh, I love Tony Goldwyn. And the dude from Mad Men shows up for a little bit as the guy from Nike. And, Dylan oh. McDermott's in here as well oh, yeah, for like yeah. one scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a weird parade of people just going like, oh, there's a Venus Williams movie coming out. I want a cameo in that. I want a cameo yeah. in that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a biopic. That's where people want cameos. They want to be for like five minutes. That's why like there's 1,500 producers on this movie because everyone wants a piece. Yeah. <laughs>